Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring Front Page 305. All right, the Dream Team is back. The Dream Team is back, Andre. And toward the end of this hour, I'm going to attempt to save the life of my good friend, Manny Navarro, but that's a topic for the the end of the show from 1240 to 1 o'clock. But right now, let me just say it's Welcome to Front Page 305. This is Walter V. I cover FIU for the Miami Herald and the Miami Marlins for Baseball America, among other things. And I'm really happy today because we've got, as I just said, the aforementioned Manny Navarro of The Athletic, who created this show uh, several months ago, is back to join us just for one and one, uh, one day only. Uh, and, uh, and I'm joined, as always, by Andre Fernandez, who's been with me. I uh, mentored him at The Miami Herald, has been with, with me on this show for, for the whole ride. Anyway, Andre, let's start with you. What are your thoughts on having uh, the man, Manny Navarro, back? I- I thought it threw you off for a second because I saw Frankie was giving you the signal like we're on the air and I thought you were like, okay, do I say something? Does Manny say something now that he's back? Or I thought you were going to have a glitch there for a second. I wanted to listen to that. I played I'm a man from Chicago, but it was seemed like a really, I mean, that's a really old song, but I played I'm a man because Manny Navarro is the man. Manny, welcome back. Thank you, Walter. Thank you for the warm welcome. What the hell did you do to my intro, man? You killed it. You just got rid of it. You threw it out the window. Kept the little Brazilian girl saying "Welcome to Miami." What'd you? Uh, what'd you they do? Got of, they got rid of Michael Buffer. They got and they just kept the girl. That's it. <laughs> well, the rest of it was killed. But I did offer you. I thought it was a really funny idea to have an intro where your lovely daughters uh, would say, "This show sucks now that Daddy's not on anymore," and you never, you never came through. So you know. I know. I got to blame Jocelyn and Olivia for that one. I tried to get them to uh, record and they said, nah, I'm too busy playing uh, whatever games they play online all day. Speaking of that, you, Walter, since you're not on Facebook, which you, which you should be, I keep telling you that you missed the hilarious skit that his that, the hilarious prank that he pulled on his daughters on Christmas morning. Those, yes. kids are, those, those are some smart kids. They turned into little detectives, like going around the house, trying to figure out where the presents were hidden. Wow. Yeah. I, uh, one, I just... one sister tells the other, there's these little there's these little ornaments they're like little little elves that manny had near the tree and they just they became the prime suspects and the super cute scene was one of the sisters tells the other hey this is it and she's like Shh, i'm the one that knows elvish i'm gonna find out and she starts talking to <laughs> interviewing the ornaments <laughs> to wow. find out where the presents are hidden this is gonna yeah, drive we... a lot of, this is gonna drive a lot of traffic to manny navarro's facebook page where you have to send me that uh that video i'd love to see it uh, his kids are adorable but anyway, we've wasted a bunch of time already. Let's get to the Dolphins, our first topic. And we have um, we have a big Browns fan on deck waiting to talk to us because they got in the playoffs. Dolphins did it. Did it. So, Manny, let's start with you. You're the genius uh, who, when uh, we started this show, you predicted the Dolphins would win three games. They won more than three times that many. Mm-hmm. What do you have to say for yourself for that awful prediction? Well, I mean, listen, you go strong or you go home. And I went strong. I thought that uh, they were going to suck ass, frankly. I thought they were going to be really bad because I thought Tua would never get on the field. I thought his hip was screwed up. He was going to need the whole year to uh, sort of get right. And I thought, okay, this is a year where, again, you know, they're not supposed to win. So why try? Try to get that draft pick. And in the end, they ended up getting the third pick overall because the Texans were terrible. And so it's a win-win situation. You had a team that improved a whole lot, showed you something, almost got into the playoffs. And now they still have the third overall pick, which is going to help them get a superstar wide receiver, in my opinion. And, um, you know, you're in a good spot. If you're a Dolphins fan, it sucks that you didn't make the playoffs. But I think in the end, you're you're happy because you, those, those trades that you made are, are going to pay off. You're going to have another great draft coming up. And you can put the three-win trophy right next to the Cincinnati Reds World Championship 
and mm -hmm. right next to the Arizona Cardinals NFC Championship. Andre, Andre, I want to direct this one to you mm. because our good uh, friend of the show, Santos Perez, is really down on Tua. I am not. A rookie, it's really tough to be a, a, a rookie quarterback in the NFL. But I want to ask you, Dre, um, did they make a mistake drafting him? Uh, Herbert went the next pick, had a huge year um, for the Chargers. Are you down on Tua or you think that that we're going to look back at this three years later and he's going to be the better quarterback than Herbert? I wouldn't I wouldn't punt completely on Tua yet like some people are because we still haven't seen him with the array of weapons that they could put around him. Like Manny's saying, I mean, if they bring in Devontae Smith and they add some more pieces there, I mean, to me, what the Dolphins need to do is not just do that. I think they need to go and sign the same way they sign some free agents to come and help beef up that defense. Go out and get yourself another wide receiver as well, in addition to a Devontae Smith. Go sign Kenny Galladay. Go sign uh, Nelson Aguilar. Go, go get guys that will come in and can spread the field and help bring them some more weapons because your best your best receivers can't be your, just your tight ends, and that's the problem. Devontae Parker is the only good one, and, I was, and he's not a wide receiver one or a two on a good team. On Kansas City, he's probably a wide receiver four, and that's the thing. You can't depend on that, on that guy to be your top guy either. So, I mean, until that happens, until maybe they add yet another running back, running backs, they have good ones, but it wouldn't hurt to get to pick up a Travis Etienne, a Najee Harris, someone like that. Until you do that, you can't really make the firm judgment. But some doubt does creep in when you see Herbert spiraling them 60, 70 yards down the field. And I'll give you another one. His old teammate, Jalen Hurts, came in and lit it up a couple of weeks. And all of a sudden you're thinking, uh-oh, like, why is he balling out? And we're seeing kind of a reserve to him. Now, how much is that is Tangaley putting the handcuffs on too? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I, I mean that, that's the other thing too. That that you know, and then there was you know there was a mistake out there put out there yesterday on ESPN that he had been fired, and they backtracked on ESPN and all that. But I don't know. Maybe it should happen because someone needs to let the. I mean, he's always been an up tempo. He's always been a rhythm quarterback, and and just the way that they're managing the offense with him, it just they finally turned him loose when it was twenty eight to six. You know, at that point. The game was pretty much over. Guys, uh, David's on the phone, just letting you know. No, I was just going to follow up what, what Andre said in, in regards to Tua that, to me, I think it's the handcuffs. I mean, if you look at every pass that he threw, it was 10 yards in. And, and I don't know how much of that is on him, you know, versus the coaching staff maybe saying, hey, don't turn the ball over. You know, don't be aggressive. And you saw him he was forced to be aggressive in the, in the blowout loss to the bills. And he threw three picks that to me was a little bit more concerning um, versus, you know, the fact that he didn't have the great receivers. I think once he gets those great receivers, he'll be better. And I mean, you're going to put up, you're going to tell him to do the thing with the, also three picks in that setting already with, you know, when you're down by that much and he hasn't done that pretty much the whole season, not consistently been, been told to been let to, allowed to do that is what I mean. Right. And you're going to throw him in. That, that has to be something that gradually does all the time to get consistency. All right. Well, let me bring in now, as I mentioned earlier, David Armstrong, whose day job is a president of St. Thomas University, but his true calling is as a lifelong fan of the Cleveland Browns. And not just a fan, he's a season ticket holder who pre-pandemic would fly in for games. I mean, this guy, this guy bleeds Brown. David, welcome to the front page. Hey, Walter, how you doing? I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. Tell us what the last, I don't know, 48 hours have been like that tense game against the Steelers. The Steelers almost tied up, didn't get the two-point conversion. The Browns emerged victorious, helping, <clears throat> excuse me, to sink the Dolphins. 
But what's the joy been like? The Browns haven't made the playoffs in 18 years. You're finally there. And you're like, you're with them thick and thin. What's it been like the last couple of days for you? Well, I'll tell you, it's been a typical Cleveland roller coaster ride because I don't know if you've heard, but the head coach, several coaches, and several players now are down with COVID. So uh, the head coach cannot coach in the game on Sunday. So that <laughs> is Cleveland in a nutshell. Right typical. There. We went to the highest of highs and to the lowest of lows, and but that's been the you know the ride. I, yeah, even even now, even with this thing, I'm still getting chills. You know, the last 48 hours, you know, tears, happy tears. The fact that we have overcome so much to be in the playoffs uh, is very very special because it, it was dark and it was down, and you know, one in 31, and it was just crazy you know and then and people ever tell me you know well it's just a game then then don't don't we're no longer friends we're not going to talk about anything because <laughs> they, they don't understand that it's, it's it's about life and it's about family my dad's dad was one of the first ushers when municipal stadium opened in 1933 oh, for the wow. for the indians and then eventually the browns in 46 my dad had season tickets for 60 years before he passed away in 2016 at the age of 79. Uh, I've had season tickets for uh, 35 years. I have four older brothers that all had season tickets. My mother, who's now in her 80s, will not come in. We have club seats, you know, with the nice bar and all that kind of stuff inside. She refuses to come inside until halftime, and she's right back out there and never goes back in, no matter how bad the weather is. Wow. You know, that's the, it, it's about family. I tell people all the time, when the Browns got taken away by Art Modell, while I'll never forgive him, I'm supposed to because I'm Catholic and all that, but I can't forgive him because <laughs> what he took away was family. He didn't take away football. It's not about the football. It's the fact that I grew up having dinner at my grandmother's houses, watching the game. My dad, you were not a part of our family of seven, you know, seven kids and then the parents, so nine. You were not a part of that family until my dad took you to downtown Cleveland, parked miles away so he could have the cheapest parking spot, walk through the alleys in the 70s, <laughs> and go to the game. You were not a part of that family until you did that. For me, it was second grade, so I, I think I was eight years old. And so, you know, that that's how we grew up. That's what we're about. It's our fabric. It's who we are. There's a great YouTube video called Things I Learned Watching the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Terry Pluto, great uh, sports writer, wrote a book. He asked the questions, this one question. People just wrote in all kinds of stuff, and I'm in the book like four times. Well, they, they brought us in to do the video uh, uh, talking about the book, and they had people read from the book, and they're like, Dave, do you want your copy of the book? I said, no. I said, I, this is in my heart, man. I'll, I'll say it. So if you ever go to that video, you'll really see what the true fan is all about. And, and, and I'll say this to Miami you're going to be fine. You have great ownership. You have a great head coach now. You are going to be fine, and, and it's coming. And, and 18 years of a drought is insane. My mother bought me a bottle of wine, a Cleveland Browns bottle of wine, and, she said, and I jokingly said, you know, I'm going to open this when the Browns beat the Steelers in a meaningful game. Well, little did I know it was going to be four homes later, two decades later, that I would open that wine and I did it right after the game with my son, who was four years old the last time we were in the playoffs. He's now 20, 21. And we were able to have that glass of wine together. And boy, as a friend said, it aged perfectly. So it tasted great. Well, congrats. I mean, I'm, I'm happy for all Browns fans. It's, it's great. But as you mentioned, this terrible news just within the last hour about the head coach, Stefanski, and a couple of other assistants, and I guess – uh, starting left guard Joel uh, Batonio. Uh, yep. Yeah. So how uh, how do you like their chances 
this week because it's a rematch game essentially except now you're playing in Pittsburgh I know it's Sunday night um I still th- I still think the Browns have a chance of winning this game even you know with everything that they've sort of had to endure how are you feeling going into Sunday's game you know, you just gave me chills thinking about this. So initially I was just like, Jesus, you know, typical Brown situation. We go from the highest of high to the lowest of lows. But, you know, I, I really believe in Baker Mayfield. I believe in that coaching staff. Um, and uh, they've overcome so much adversity. You know, we haven't won in Pittsburgh in 17 years. Um, I've been there a couple of those losses, wearing all my Browns gear and the whole bit. And, uh it's an extremely tough place to play. So I wasn't really expecting a win. I was happy that we got to the playoffs, but now, you know, what happens when you start thinking about the week and you start thinking about the game, I'm thinking, you know what, why not? We're playing. You got, Hey, you got to play the game. Like Dennis green said back in the day, they have to play the game. And so, and Herman Edwards used to say that. And so they're going to play the game and we have a chance. We have a chance. Cause I, I think, uh, you know, the NFL is a quarterback league and I think Baker's a player and um, he showed it in the last three weeks. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, he's a difference maker. And uh, so um, I, I fully, in my head, you know, my head says that the Steelers are going to win by, you know, 20, 25. But my heart still says that we have a chance. And so I'll be cheering for him all the way. As, as long, Andre, as they don't lock Baker Mayfield out of the stadium, because I've seen all the commercials and I worry that they're not going to let him into the stadium. What do you think, Andre? Uh, yeah, he better bring his <laughs> keys. That's all. That's all. They better not drop his keys when he's got ten grocery bags there, ready to go at the doorstep. But you yeah, mentioned uh, Baker, and 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 you and you said you're a believer in him. He's had his ups and downs the last few years, but and I know the running game gets a lot of attention because I get that's one thing I think they have an advantage over the Steelers in the running game uh, with with the two backs there. But you know the season Baker's had. You know, has he finally won over Cleveland completely this year with with what he's been able to do? Do you think now they're true believers that this is they made the right call? This is the guy. Hey, there's two people that are the most popular people in Cleveland at any given time. The backup reliever for the Cleveland Indians and the backup (laughs) quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. And so I have literally been in, you know, major wrestling matches with good friends and family members over the quarterback situation and the reliever situation. And, you know, people didn't like Bernie Kosar. They didn't like Brian Seip. You know, I, I always used to imitate you know, people chanting for Mike Pagel over Bernie Kosar, and they're idiots. And so, um, you know, uh, uh, Kelly Holcomb, who rarely won a game, but he threw for 400 yards. So everybody says, oh, he's a better quarterback. Quarterback, Quarterbacks are judged by winning games. Win the game. And Baker is a winner. He's a winner. You know, one of the things I've been saying this year, I finally figured it out. The reason why NFL people don't give Baker, at least the fans don't give him the credit, is because of this damn – what do you call it? The uh, um, where everybody bets on the stats during the week. What do you call that? Um, I hate it so much. I forgot what they call it. Um, fantasy football. Yeah. Fantasy football. Fantasy football okay. has destroyed the NFL because if you don't throw for 400 yards and three touchdowns, you're, you're, you're a piece of crap, even though you won the game, all of a sudden now the quarterback's bad. And that's just stupid. That the people don't know football. Okay, I happen to play it. I happen to coach it for many years. I've started two college football programs. Football is one in the line. It's one in the trenches, offensive, defensive line. And then in the NFL, it's the quarterback. And so you got to have a quarterback that wins games. And I think Tua can win games. I really believe that he can win games. I think Miami, they're there, man. I said it two years ago when they hired Flores after he got hired. I said, they're going to win. And they are winning. And so 
Miami fans, don't worry, it's coming. You're going to be there. Well, David, uh, we got to wrap this segment up. I want to thank you for joining us. And I also wanted to say that people just, especially during this pandemic, we've really realized what fans mean to the game and what we're missing in the, in the stands and the arenas without having the fans cheering. And, and you can, you can tell, I can certainly tell the passion in David's voice. And I've just cracked up what he said. If people say it's just a game, David doesn't even talk to you anymore. I mean, this is, but this is what makes sports go that love for team, that passion for the games. And, and it's wonderful. I'm really happy for you that you got to enjoy that. It's a long time coming. And I, I know it, it tastes a lot sweeter uh, that you had to wait as long as you did. So congratulations, David. And we'll be right back after this message. Thank you so much. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Yo, this is K9, and you're listening to Slam Radio Series 6M145. And now we're back with Front Page 305 on Series XM 145 Slam Radio. All right, we're back to welcome back. Welcome back. We're back to Front Page 305. I got the little tongue tied there. I'm listening to Dua Lipa. That's my girl right there. Nice. And this is Walter Villa, joined as always by my co-host Andre Fernandez, and today only Manny Navarro has graciously agreed to appear with us. And I, I want to talk about the Heat uniform from uh, from last night. I guess they call it vice versa. Mm-hmm. And I want to bring in uh, our producer Frankie Fernandez because he's the problem. He's he bought this jersey, which I think looks terrible, and encouraging the Heat to continue to do this stuff. And their colors are black and red. Frankie, why, why are you buying this jersey, dude? It's fashion trend, man. That's the only reason why I did it. And plus, I got a good deal on it. I don't, I don't buy anything full price, so I got a good deal. What, what, what did you pay? $29, plus shipping and handling. <laughs> from where? From China. You got to go from where the, where the source is, right? Don't they make all these jerseys in China? So you go right to the source and you get the jersey. Everything's made in China. You get a rip-off jersey from China that probably has a coronavirus on it. Nice going, Frankie. No, no, no. I, I skipped all the, uh, I guess, custom fees or whatever, and I went right to the source, and I was able to get, uh, you know, por el lado un poquito. Por el lado. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Andre first, and then Manny, give me your, before we turn to Hurricanes football talk, tell me your thoughts on, did you hate it as much as I did, or did you like it like Frankie did? No, I don't think it's bad looking. I think it's good looking. I had no problem with it. I mean, uh, look, they're, they're trying to make money. They're trying to make up for the loss of uh, fans not being in the arena. So I don't blame the Heat for uh, telling their their merchandise department and, and the NBA in general, just saying, hey, create as many colors as you want of the same jersey. And that's what they're doing. It, it just reminds me of uh, leaving the arena late at night and, and the neon lights are there. The only yep. thing to like light your path so you don't yep. get murdered on the way to your car. Yep, that's about it. But other than that, no like or dislike. It's just there. All right. Well, let's talk some Hurricanes football. Uh, of course, as a team, I'm very passionate about Andre UM grad and Manny Navarro covers the team for the Athletic. Eight and three season. I mean, yeah, it's an improvement over six and seven, which is an extremely low bar. I thought it was a disappointing season. The loss to Clemson didn't bother me. They're clearly better. The loss to Oklahoma State, falling back 21, falling down 21 nothing, uh, losing the quarterback and battling back, being in a position to win doesn't bother me that much. But the loss to UNC, I mean that that sucks. Uh, you know, Manny, what are your thoughts on on the season? And then a follow up question: Deion, I guess the kid's name is DeAndre Johnson. I murder names. Did I get that kid's right name right? <laughs> All right. 
you know, defensive end, my second question would be, was that really their biggest need? Because I, I would have thought it would have been corner. I thought maybe linebacker, wide receiver, even offensive line. I just wonder if, if that was where they need. They only have now two scholarships left. Well, I'll start with defensive end and, and what happened with DeAndre Johnson. Use the word murder. I, I, I would try to stay away from using that word when you're saying DeAndre Johnson. He was actually a kid who got stabbed in the chest three times uh, when he was 15 years old, having lunch at Miami Killian High School, uh, stabbed by a student who had some emotional uh, distress issues. And uh, he survived it, obviously. The bad, you're gonna, wait, you're going to make me the bad guy now when you're the one that called me the name murderer? I know, I know. I was just, uh, but but I was just, you know, for political correctness, I guess, for our audience, don't ever use that word around DeAndre Johnson because the poor kid got stabbed in the chest three times. Um, yeah, he survived that. And I think overall, getting him is an important, uh, it's kind of important because you look at what they've got coming back at defensive end. Jafari Harvey had a sack, strip fumble in the bowl yeah. game. He showed you something. But, you know, Cam Williams, a lot of the other young guys that they have, I think they need sort of a veteran leader. And I think that's what DeAndre Johnson can be uh, at that position. Because if you look at it, it's a really, really, really young defensive end room. And now with DeAndre Johnson, at least you have a senior who has played and produced in the SEC, mm -hmm. a guy who has the body. Um, and, you know, with injuries, Walter, you could always use more bodies at that position. And, and look, in the end, they played four to five guys this year. Uh, I could see Elijah Roberts playing uh, mm -hmm. some defensive end, defensive tackle this year. I could certainly see Leonard Taylor once he gets on campus being a part of the rotation of defensive line. Yeah. It never hurts to have more depth at defensive line and even even with the needs at the other position. Um, and then to your first question about the overall season, I went back in and did a uh, – <laughs> a review of my preseason predictions that I did right uh, before the start of the season in September. And I said, you know, eight wins is, is what I pegged them to get. And I said that Manny Diaz would come into 2021 with a better team. I certainly nailed the prediction eight wins. Cause I thought they would slip up here or there. I just didn't know it would be at, nice. by, by the margin that it was against North Carolina, um, which was a bit distressing, but I think overall, yes, they took a step forward. It's just not a big step. And I think, you know, you look at where they are going into the future. Uh, wide receiver, you're still unsure what you have there. Uh, linebacker, I think, became a much bigger problem than we thought it would be with um, Zach McLeod. Really, you know, he was a guy who predicted to lead the team in tackles. He finished 13th. He lost his position and basically moved to defensive end. So I think, you know, overall, there are areas where you wanted to see improvement and you didn't. And then there are some areas where you did see improvement, like offensive line. I think they, they were better at offensive line. Uh, obviously, they were better at quarterback and, and you're getting De'Ara King back. So, look, it's, it's not going to be perfect. I don't expect him to win the national title again. I told you that a long time ago, that I don't think Miami will ever win a championship again. And I kind of stand by my prediction. Well, who do they play? Who do they play in week two next year? Because we know what's going to happen already in week one. What's going to happen from now on? Because they're they're stuck and they're never going to get beyond this. Yeah, I think it's like Central Connecticut State and Michigan State and somebody else. Do we know what time yet? Because I'll, I'll tune in at that one. I don't want to see what happens. In, in you don't want to see what happens against Alabama. No, because it's gonna because because it's gonna be brutal. Because the <laughs> second team at Alabama is already killing people this year, which is what the difference between them. And every elite program in Miami is the is the layers to quote Mike Kill the layers and layers of talent that get thrown out there in the depth that that every, that every other team that every other elite team has that they don't have and I, and and I'm with you on that one it, it it pains me to say it but it it they're lucky De'Ara King's coming back 
because I think that'll sustain them to at least be this same type of, of success next year. But right, an eight nine win team next year. Right, but I, I don't see anything that tells me we're going to knock off Clemson. We're going to knock off Ohio State. We're going to knock off Alabama. It's the usual suspects. I will and say. And are we really thinking that Derek is going to be back, Manny? Are you buying that? Because that seems really optimistic off an ACL. Well, I wrote about this also for The Athletic, but Amari Rogers for Clemson came back less than six months after an ACL injury. I don't know the extent of the injury. I don't know if this is an ACL, MCL, you know, you know how it is, Walter. These injuries are serious and they vary in degree. But I know this, Derek King's father, uh, his late father, had a torn ACL. Uh, when he was playing football, came back and still played the next year and, and was, you know, so this is something that this kid has dealt with injuries. He had a torn meniscus uh, in 2018. He, he came back from that and played well. I think he maybe he's not he's not ready for the opener against Alabama because it is just eight plus months away. Um, but maybe he, uh, you know, is and he starts that game and there's guys that have come back. Deshaun Watson came back from his torn ACL after after his rookie season and still ran for 500 yards. So, you know, there's varying degrees to this. It's can he come back when he comes back, and then how does he come back? Does he play at the same level? I think I think Derek King is the kind of kid that will will rebound well from this because he has work ethic and he cares and he and he really wants to play football. I, I love Leonard Taylor, by the way, and I do think he's a first round talent. But to bring up the conversation that we've had more than once. Miami has Leonard Taylor. Alabama has six of those also on their side of the ball too. So again, the difference. Yeah, I would agree with uh, Dre is that, you know, I think this is Manny Diaz's best recruiting class, might be the best recruiting class that Miami's had in a decade just because of Leonard Taylor and James Williams. Both of those guys are ridiculous. They're going to be playing on Sundays in the NFL as long as they don't get arrested or do something really stupid. And I think, you know, that that's going to help your program. But to get to Alabama's level, to get to Clemson's level, you need to recruit that every single year. And I've been, you know, doing my homework here for a story I'm going to be working on for The Athletic and just analyzing the talent. You don't have to say The Athletic every other word. I've already hyped it up enough you're the writer for The Athletic. I'm sorry. I just keep, I I keep telling people where it is. We're we're the ones that are writing for like seven different people. We know who you were writing for. You're just one. Right. I I apologize, guys. I won't say it anymore. Um, (laughs) so this article that I'm writing uh, I did the research on you know Dade and Broward County what just what the last five or six recruiting classes have produced and if you look at just through I think 2016 to 2018 okay guys that would have been drafted the last couple years you've only got five first round picks out of 51 players that were you know four or five star recruits these overhyped kids that that come out of this area and you have a lot of busts. And I think, unfortunately, while we have Larry Bluestein here and a lot of great people who pump up the talent, uh, and I love Larry, I just this, think sometimes this, we give out too many stars to some of these kids. This is blasphemy. You dare be speech. Is that the word, Andre? What's the word? Smirch. 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 Be smirch the reputation hey, of even South Florida. Even though Larry. Larry puts out the stock market list of, of kids' names and, and stuff like that, but he's not the only one that puts too many stars no. on, on kids. And wow. That, that happens a lot. What about you know? Bill Daly? You're going to get Bill Daly very upset. I mean, this is this is blasphemous, but I will read that story. Where can I find that story, Manny? I, I don't know. I can't say it. I can't well, say it. it. I've yeah, been for saying my, where I work. By the way, this is what a professional you are, Manny. I was watching you speak there, so eloquent as always, and you held in a burp. I mean, that's a professional right there. 
Anytime you can uh, hold gas for the audience, that's important. It happens to you a lot, doesn't it? On on podcasts, you're all, well, you're on the air all the time, so it, it has to happen. Well, that may be uh, part of Navarro's diet. We're going to get to that in our last segment where I try to save Manny Navarro's life. But uh, what else do we have to talk in the meantime about the uh, Hurricanes? What do you think, Manny? They're going to do with um, the final two uh, scholies, as they say, the remaining scholarships. Uh, any guesses as to what you know what position they're going to attack? Well, certainly, I think they're looking at linebacker and cornerback. I think both of those spots, and I would say wide receiver. I think they feel like you know they don't really have much in the way of of talent in terms of guys that you can depend on to catch the what? football. Yeah, what? I really, I really don't. I think they like well, their freshman class. You, you weren't impressed with the with the way the Hurricanes dropped the football. Isn't that the goal to drop the football? There's a, there, seem, there seems to be another epidemic in town, and that's bad wide receiver play. Yeah. Um, I, I think Mark Pope and D. Wiggins uh, are guys that, as as Andre said, they're a nice wide receiver for. You know, I think that's more what they're built for. And I think, you know, they've got their fingers crossed Mike Harley will come back. But I know that they're searching the portal, and I know that De'Aaron King is looking for uh, – for help because he's been liking uh, friends, uh, you know, Ooh. announcing when they go into the transfer portal. So um, I like it. You know, I think they could be adding a wide receiver soon. Well, they stuck way too long, uh, Manny. And I was on your podcast, Wide Right, which also let's hype, hype that up. Wide Right, it's my favorite podcast. Uh, uh, this is a radio show. So that's my favorite podcast. And, and we talked about it. They went way too long with uh, Pope and Wiggins, in my estimation. They didn't give the, the young receivers enough of a chance, and especially I would say Keyshawn in his limited um, chances look really good, including against Oklahoma State, a sensational attempt of a diving catch in the end zone, but Nikosi was a little bit too errant and he couldn't, couldn't get his feet in. But I mean, what do you think guys? Andre, what do you think? Don't you think they should have given, uh, because I've talked to Manny about this on the air, but don't you think they should have given the young receivers more of a chance instead of continuing to, to, to get Pope and Wiggins more opportunities. They, they lost the bowl game to come after me. I'm 40. Who's, who's, who's now 53. Mike By the way, well, I got an Mike interesting uh, tidbit of information here from Bruce Feldman. Uh, he just tweeted this out uh, maybe Uh-oh. an hour and a half ago. Uh-oh. As you know, Alabama, this may be a great opportunity for the Hurricanes. This is why I'm sharing this information. Okay. Alabama, of course, is looking for an offensive coordinator because Steve Sarkeesian left for Texas, right? right. Mm-hmm. Guess who uh, he's considering? Welcome Horns. Guess who he's considering? They cannot oh, have Sorry. Adam Gase. Oh, perfect. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did hear that. Yeah, yesterday. yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. If you want somebody to infect your program like the infected, uh, like the from, plague, from, the Dolphins, and then the Jets, he's your guy. From the outhouse, to, from the outhouse to the penthouse for uh, for Adam Gase, huh? There is hope for the Canes. Yeah, they should have played. But back to, back to Walter's question. Yeah, I think he so. He tells him to throw to the guy in green. Yeah. And he probably, yeah, well. <laughs> but we're, are we, are we going to have this standing next to Nick Saban now? Every time like, like a, there's a turnover? Yes, the bug eyes. Yeah. And you're wearing a hat just like him. Yeah. Yeah, they should have played the youngsters more. I mean, that's that's these bowl games. These bowl games are BS anyway. Half, half the time, guys are opting out and, and don't play in them anyway. So why not give the younger players a chance, give them more reps? I mean, that, you're, you're already looking toward the future at this point. So, yeah, to, to circle back like half an hour later to what Walter asked me, yes, I agree with you. Well, these are the way our conversations go. Tangent, tangent, imitation, joke, and then, <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, what did you ask me again? But uh, that's right. the way we do it. And we're going to do it a little bit more. We're going to try to save Manny Navarro's life right after this message. 
Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Yo, this is K9, and you're listening to Slam Radio Series 6M 145. And now we're back with Front Page 305 on Series XM 145 Slam Radio. All right, welcome back to Front Page 305. This is Walter Villa with my co-host Andre Fernandez. And for today only, Manny Navarro has graced us with his presence. Our next guest is one of the best cross-country coaches, I would say, in the nation. He's won a Florida record 11 state titles at Blend Jesuit, including four in a row currently. Frankie, thanks uh, thanks for coming on. Welcome to Front Page. Thank you, man. Thank you. Hello to everybody. Yeah, man. Hey, Frankie, that's an important job that you have at Blend. You're, you're a husband. That's an important job. You're, you're a parent. That's an important job. But really, your job is my personal running coach as of late as I try to get healthier. That's really, I see it as your most important job because I'm so egotistical. And, uh, and you've been giving me a little bit of direction on, on how to do it. And with us is Manny Navarro, who also needs some direction, trying to get him to get in a little better shape. I know he knows how to do it. But what would you tell anybody, Frankie, whether it's myself or Manny? Uh, Andre Fernandez is a picture of health. He doesn't need your help, probably. But what would you tell anybody who wants to get into a running program, you know, how do you do it without getting injured? How do you do it? And so that you don't start and then stop later. What are some of the keys? Well, I mean, I, I think that the first, the first thing is obviously assessing your current fitness age, um, you know, and, and I, your, your real age as well, but, but mainly your fitness age, like, you know, have you, have you been out of exercise for a while? Have you, um, you know, you, you, have you been walking? Have you been running? Have you been injured? I mean, all those things are taken into account, but, uh, for the most part, um, I, I like to encourage, you know, if I threw a, a sort of a, a big blanket over everybody, I would encourage everyone to start off with uh, uh, basically something simple, like 21 minutes. I use, I use uh, you know, weird, weird numbers so people can remember it, but uh, 21 minutes of, um, of, of running or at least set aside uh, a time to run for about 21 minutes, hopefully a cooler time of the day. And, and simply what, what I would want you to do, and I think this is what we've been doing with you, is um and i think you've been doing now for a week or two you told me right um, right and and yeah so basically what you would do is you start off um in those 21 minutes um in in an easy jog and this this uh obviously skipping through a little bit of of the uh the warm-up and whatnot but just an easy jog uh you know kind of the, 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 at the pace you can still hold a conversation and and run um basically until a point where you just find yourself too winded to have this conversation or too winded to sing a song or, or you're gasping for air at that point, I want you to start walking. And then when you, you you regain your breath again and that normal pattern of breathing returns, then start up again and do this for a series of, um, of 21 full minutes. Um, if you're running from your house, you can maybe run 10 minutes out and turn around and head back home. Uh, but basically the idea here is not to, not to speed up. It's not to, to add tons of minutes right off the bat. The idea is just to keep those legs moving for about 21 minutes and, and eventually build yourself up to the point where you can run for the full 21 minutes. And until you're able to do that um, consistently for, I would say, three weeks or so, uh, don't add any minutes. Uh, don't add any time. People, the first mistake they make is that they look at their at, you know, at the, the cells and they say, today I'm going to run five miles. Well, you haven't, you haven't even gone off the couch in the last five years. Why would you do that? And, and what happens is that person's injured. I mean, 
Um, that's probably one of the one of the biggest mistakes. So start off with minutes. It's simple enough with your phone or your watch, and uh, you know don't get don't get overly concerned with your pace, um, especially when you're starting off. Yeah, I, I like the program too because you you say because I I think for many it might be a challenge. For me, it's a challenge. I could only run two minutes, then I get it to five. The other day, I ran eight minutes before I had to start walking, and that's a lot for me because I'm I'm used to playing competitive sports my whole life, basketball, football baseball um now tennis and racquetball but you know there's stops and starts in those games you 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 know when you play tennis you hit a couple of shots and then you you go chase the ball and then you walk to the back to serve and and there's built-in breaks so running continuously without stopping is difficult for me and and it, i think it's always going to be difficult um but it's something that i'm committed to doing because you know of the health benefits and um and, and I guess before yeah. I, I bring in the, the boys here and ask their questions, my other question I have for you, Frankie, was what percentage is, it, is when you want to lose weight, what percentage is, is that diet and what percentage is exercise? Because I had been told it was 80% diet and only 20% exercise, but maybe you, because you're a running coach, and, but your wife is a dietitian. She knows a lot about this stuff too. So what do you think that percentage is and the importance of the two? I, I, I'd like to think of it as 50-50. I, I really do think that, that your, your nutrition is, is as important as, as the, uh, you know, the exercise movement or the, the running in this case. Um, you know, sometimes we, we think of nutrition first or we think about it last even. Um, I'd like to think of it, you know, in conjunction with, with the, the running itself. So uh, in terms of importance, if I had to assign a value, I would say 50-50. And, and, and I think um, maintaining the, 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 your eyes and, and sort of the awareness of, of what you're putting into your body is only going to get um, you're going to get more um, hyper aware and, and, and more more acute to it as you uh, you run more that your body's just going to ask you for better stuff. Uh, initially, probably just going to ask you for you know fuel of anything for that matter. But down the road, nutrition will, will still balance itself out and be as important as the run. Um, you know, so I, I would, I guess the quick answer to that is 50, 50. Frankie, Frankie. I, think you, I, think, I think you had like eight state titles when I left the Herald. So congratulations, uh, <laughs> on the last three. <laughs> What's up, Andre? Yeah. Thank you, man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, really quick. I, I know everybody was interested in this. Um, I, I do a lot of, uh, I do a lot of like walking in the mornings usually like, and you know, maybe some moderate running embarrassed to say not enough to keep it going for anywhere near 21 minutes, but I want to get to that. But, but what's better. Cause I, I'm, I've been wondering this for a while. Is it better when you wake up to eat, wait a little bit and then do that? Or is it better to just get up, drink something, you know, obviously take your water and whatnot and go. And Great then when you come back, eat. Great question. So, so, so when you get started, you know, at, at 21 minutes, you shouldn't get too hungry uh, unless you completely starved yourself the night before, which, which, um, you know, you may, you may have gone to sleep without eating dinner, but if you had a decent dinner, there really is no need for, for a 20, 30 minute, uh, bout of exercise to, to really, uh, pile in a, a ton of, of anything for that matter. Maybe, you know, my wife would say whatever, whatever you do have is probably better to, to drink it. Um, so maybe a little, a little apple juice, a little orange juice, uh, a little sip of Gatorade, just cause your body's just going to, going to process it a little quicker and you won't feel as, as heavy, um, or half a slice of toast, uh, just something if you're, you know, you need some little pickup, uh, pick me up a half a banana even, um, but not a full on breakfast, not anything mm -hmm. that's going to make you heavy, no milk, nothing with dairy, 
um, nice and simple. But uh, I prefer to run with, I know this sounds a little crazy, but I prefer to, to run with an empty stomach rather than a full one. Um, you know, it's just, uh, it's no need to fill yourself up. What about a protein shake, Frankie? Would that, would that be okay? And, and take that in the morning to get your metabolism going and then run? No, I, I, I personally wouldn't suggest it. Uh, I, I think protein, you know, let's, let's leave that for after the run. Uh, about 30 to 40 minute window after okay. the run, you, 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 you can do the, the protein stuff. But before, it's just going to make you, you're, you remember, when, when we go to run, all our, all our blood basically is going to move our muscles. The last thing we want is uh, to take anything away from the digestion process, which is what will happen. That's why you get a stomachache. You might have to run to the bathroom immediately after you're done with your exercise because your body said, hey, we stopped digestion. And protein is one of those things that takes a lot longer than, uh, than you know, some, some carbs. Hey, Frankie, it's Manny Navarro here. Uh, I specialize in uncompetitive eating because usually I always win. So um, I, uh, up, a few years ago, I, I, I was about 340 pounds. I lost 80 pounds. And a lot of it was from going to the gym, dieting. And I would spend two, three hours at the gym working out. I was very happy and, and proud of myself at that point. But I put a lot of that weight, I think, back on here over the last couple of years. And a lot of it had to do with me just not going to the gym anymore. I changed jobs. I had another kid. So it was kind of complicated. But I remember when I was at my peak, I hit a wall. You know, everybody kind of hits that plateau in terms of weight loss. And I'm curious, you know, one thing I heard from some coaches and, and people who, you know, are nutritionists, et cetera, is when you hit that wall, you got to change your diet. You got to change your routine. For somebody who's in the middle of trying to lose weight and they hit a, a, a plateau, what advice do you give them when it comes to running Great question. And, and exercise? So, so, you know, congrats on losing all that, all that weight and, uh, you know, a while back, um, you know, I, I, I encourage you to get back, back into it. Uh, there, there, you know, look, as far as the body does adapt to change, right? So there are moments, I mean, even as a, as a, you know, cross country runner, when I'm coaching the, the guys, there comes a moment where if I, I just have them do the same distance, the same intensity over and over, they're, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna sort of plateau. Um, with, with running though, one thing I, I do say is that there's, there's, um, a lot of emphasis that should be placed on the act of maintenance, um, running acts as that base for all the other exercise you do. Um, you know, some folks just insert cardio in once a week or cardio, you know, two times a week. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I was telling, uh, you know, Walter this, I encourage the, the, uh, runner or the athletes. Be, be that yourselves um, to do a little bit of the of the cardio work, the running every single day, um, if you can. At first, maybe three times a week, but eventually do it every single day, and have spikes of intensity every two to three days, and that'll help you overcome that plateau. Um, and and these spikes of intensity, that's where you start to measure up against yourself. You don't do this the first five weeks, four weeks. You do this down the road. Um, there's basically only two variables you can you can um, you you can mess with as a as an athlete, um, and I keep calling you guys athletes. By the way, don't don't forget that. I think you guys uh, you know ha have to realize you do have a body, and that makes you makes you an athlete, as uh, as Bill Knight would say. Um, but the 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 idea that we have two variables, and that's intensity and volume, that could be adjusted to affect or or, or um, initiate adaptation. So that adaptation 
uh, for you may, you know, may have gotten, you've gotten to a point. I mean, and I, I wouldn't touch the diet side. I don't think you need to mess with it too much. I'm, I'm a creature of habit. I eat more or less the same things over and over. So I don't think that's the, the answer necessarily. Oh, I got to change my diet all of a sudden. No, I mean, find, find things that work for you and so forth and, and keep stick with that. But on the exercise front, definitely volume, um, you know, maybe run a little less, a little more one day, a little, uh, a little faster, a little slower. Um, mainly two days a week is where you want to increase the intensity because if not, you don't have enough recovery between, between um, uh, your exercise itself. Um, and the fact that you're going to the gym is great, but maybe change up the environment too. That affects, that'll affect, um, you know, th this feeling that, oh, I've gotten to this place and I'm sort of just, ah, blah, no, you know, I'm not excited anymore. You know what? Take the walks and the runs and the bike rides to some different places. Um, you know, I, heck, this past weekend I was in the Everglades and that's a place that we don't use often enough and it's in our backyard. Um, go to the hard pack sand in Miami beach, walk on the beach walk. I know some of us might be ashamed to exercise out there, but I got news for you. <laughs> Everyone doesn't look Kenyan out there. Everyone mm -hmm. doesn't look, you know, like, uh, you know, Bo Jackson did, right. Like, you know, chiseled out and, and only athletes are out there. I don't like the run on South Beach because the girls are ogling me constantly, and it gets to be a bit much. You know, so I don't. But I want to ask you something, well, else, Frankie. Well, after two minutes, you'll just stop and start checking everybody out instead of actually right. doing your your run. Exactly, <laughs> Frankie. I want to ask you because this I know having talked to Manny and trying to encourage him because you know he is like a son to me, all jokes aside, and 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 I don't want to lose him, and he needs to lose weight. And but one of the issues in talking to Manny was. Um, time and, and and anybody else listening out there that's going to be a difficult thing too when you have you know a demanding job and he's got it under a lot of pressure he's got a great job at the athletic but there's pressure there and then he's got a wife and two kids and he has to do a lot of stuff mm -hmm. at home so how do you carve out that time I told him that he needs buy-in from his wife needs buy-in from his kids needs buy-in from his his boss but how do you say Okay, every day, whatever it is, from seven in the morning to eight thirty morning, this is my time not to be messed with, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do this because you know how would you encourage somebody like Manny or anybody else out there to carve that time and and make this this is my exercise time. I mean, honestly, like like try not to be selfish when you think about the time you have to carve out because I I um, you know I I once heard someone say that you need to identify your why and and it can't be as superficial as. I need to lose weight. It has to be a little deeper than that, which is um, I need I need to, to make sure I'm walking my daughter down the aisle. Um, you know, I, I need to be around to see my kids graduate. And I think that that'll help, you know, your family help you find um, some time to actually get out there and, 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 and do the exercise. It doesn't have to be two to three hours. I think I heard you say that many. And I know maybe you're just saying it, in, you know, exaggeratedly, but um, it, it could literally be those 21 minutes. I mean, uh, that, that you're giving to your, to your family, basically, um, that you do that two or three times a week. And maybe your long, longer days on a Saturday or Sunday, or, you know, in your case, you guys have weekend sports to cover, but you pick a day where you can go a little longer. Maybe that's the day you go instead of the 21 minutes. Now you're going to be out there for 45 minutes. Uh, but um, rather, you know, keep the maintenance work in there, those 20, 30 minutes every day and, and have some some days where you decide to go a little longer. And if you if you're a creature of the gym, which which, you know, I work for a lifetime and 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 certainly I encourage people to go to the gym. Maybe it's it's not the gym every single day. Maybe it's the, it depends how far you live from it. Maybe it's the gym two times a week and the rest of the time, you know, you're in front of your house. Um, so change it up, you know, in, in, in that regard. Uh, but but I certainly. You know, I think that we make time for what 
you know, what's important to us. And it's going to make you more efficient at work. It's going to make you more effective. You're, I mean, from, from all angles. And I, I, this is, we're, 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 I guess we're amongst the guys here, but I know we're on the radio, but the fact is you guys cover sports. You want to look like athletes. You want to look, you know, want to kind of have, have, um, you know, the part, they look the part, as they say, um, you know, you don't have to, again, you don't have to be Bill Jackson or, or Kenyon, but have that in the back of your mind. You know, that that uh, that does add to, you know, to to your marketability and, and your credibility as well. Mm-hmm. Biggest thing, too, is energy. I mean, like like what you're talking about. I mean, there's days, you know, even now I'm not, you know, last few months have been slower for me work wise. But like I know Manny all the time and I talk about it. Like some days you get up, you don't want to do anything. So like if you get into that routine, I know the energy will be a big lift, you know, just to have the motivation and energy to do things to, to whether it's work or just everyday stuff. Right. Yeah, man. And, and I, I look so, something that, that I heard the other day, you talk about energy too, but I, I, I think that related to that is I heard this quote, you know, be harder to kill. Um, you know, you want to be ready. You want to be ready when, you know, when disaster strikes, man, I mean, like health wise, you know, you want to be ready. Look what we're going through now with COVID. So yep. for sure. Right. And, and Navarro is also going to make you a, a better lover. Although you told me that with you and your wife, uh, Joanna, you're ready in an elite <laughs> level. There. But, uh, it's going to make you better in that department as well. I'm not a player. I just crush a lot, Wolfie. I told you that already. <laughs> All around athletes. <laughs> it's going to it's going to make you uh, better in every way. Frankie, we I'm getting the message. We are pretty much out of time. We're running out of time. Also, you are you put on the marathon. You you do. What, what's your title with the marathon? Right quick in like 10 seconds no i mean we we have the the lifetime miami marathon we we have it virtual this year for obvious reasons but uh we got about five thousand people already registered i encourage you guys to 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 look into that and you can do the 5k the half or the full all right well thank you frankie i think tomorrow's life and we'll be back next week all right guys thank you the views and opinions expressed on front page 305 are entirely those of the host guests and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of slam radio The views and opinions expressed on Front Page 305 are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.